Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. My first grader was behind in reading, and this program has made a huge difference. She's now reading above grade level. I use it for my kids' nightly reading for school. We love it, and it's super easy and quick to do. My kid, who just turned four years old and has been using the program since January of this year, can now read. Thank you so much, Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just $1. Text the word KID to 323232 right now. It's fast and easy. Text KID to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text the word KID to 323232. Text KID to 323232. Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how they missed that goal point score, think about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive letting you choose coverage options based on your budget. Unlike your team that missed the end zone net area. Well, anyway, hope this distraction about Progressive's Name Your Price tool was helpful. It sure kept me from thinking about all those penalty balls. Yay, sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And welcome to the X1, everyone. I am Rob McConnell, and for the next four hours, I am your host. I am your guide as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the X Zone. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction, and fiction is reality. And uh, tonight's show is being brought to you around the world on Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network iHeartRadio, Simul Radio, and Simul TV, and of course, the Exxon Broadcast Network itself. If you'd like to send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV. And to find out about the programming we have available for you 24-7, 365 on the Exxon Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Exonation. My guest uh, this hour is J.R. Freeman, and he's the author of other uh, the Other World and Beyond book series. He is a United States Air Force veteran of 18 years that had two near death experiences, where he experienced the afterlife. Joining me now is J.R. Freeman. J.R., welcome to the Exon. Glad to be here, Rob. Well, first of all, sir, thank you for your service. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, J.R., tell us about your, your two near-death experiences. Well, uh, what had happened to me, I, I had an infection from, from four op- brain operations, from hydrocephalus, which is fluid in the brain. Right. I collected, and uh, it put me in a comatose state for, uh, for a year. Oh, my gosh. And I went into the afterlife on the operating table for a brief moment on my first operation. And but I came through, but I was just just a, a glimpse into the other world, and then I came back. Uh, but the second one that put me in in the coma for the for the year, that's when the one that actually took me for a longer time in in there, and I seen stuff that you know that's mostly controversial than saying that you didn't see anything. Mm-hmm. But here is the consciousness. If I knew 
I didn't see anything, then that consciousness exists, so I did exist in that place. So that's what the, uh, the big debate about if I'm actually dead or I'm alive during that time. J.R., can you describe what you saw on the second time that you were on the other side for a longer period of time? Well, I went through a tunnel, mm-hmm. and at the tunnel was a light, and then the light opened up, and it was a, a, a room of nothing but white. Mm-hmm. And this voice came out and started talking to me and telling me that, you know, we've been with you, you know, you have to go back. Uh, the things that's what needs to be told needs to be told that the changes in this world is going to happen, uh, not only to the world, but mm-hmm. to, to us as well. Right. So that's why it sent me back for this, this moment to, to tell this, uh, that we do not die, basically. It's no dying. And think about this body uh, in this world. It only operates in this 3D level that we are on. There's dimensions of different levels. So like a 2D and 3D. 2D, we cannot, you know, like like for art instance, a 2D sure. is graphic, is flat. Mm-hmm. The 3D is more popped out and more angled with the light. So the light reflects around it. That's why we cannot see. So anyway, uh, see these beings. And I couldn't see it at the time, uh, who I was talking to, but it had a warm feeling, like I knew this person and I, I wanted to stay. And he said, you cannot. Now, was that the first time you had a near-death experience, or the second time? That was the second time. The first time I came, uh, the first time I went through was a brief moment Mm -hmm. to stay there uh, and uh, just to see that something exists. But they brought me back through, uh, the doctors, the military doctors brought me through, and I, you know, woke up and, you know, that was it for that. Sure. For that brief moment. But the second time, how long do you believe... Or how long did it seem that you were on the other side, conversing or, or you know, in this white room? Well, it's the time is no time in that world. So the, the time frame was, mm-hmm. it was just moments. Was, and I had no connection to anything, basically. And like you would see, like, this is my clothes. I didn't care what I was wearing. I didn't care about the thoughts of what was back home. I, I had no feeling of what you look like. Uh, the feeling of you know of anything personal it was more like a, a collective thought but all of us together as myself is saying you know i'm hungry you hungry and we all know that 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 thought exists so it was not uh, no connection of it of what we connect to this world as, as being here i love it there was it hard for you to come back well um wanted to come well i wanted to i was sent back i was told to go back i see because i had to come back here and this is the thing that what's really intriguing because this this i never had this problem before until well until i had the near-death experience but before then when i was born in louisiana i i had sense of spirits around me at all time because the voodoo practices going on in, in that in that area, and I knew about spirits, so they was they exist you know, at that place, and I was tormented all this time, and I ran away from it uh, during my life. So that it, it was always in confidence uh, around me uh, all in all my life. But when I died, it brought back a memory saying we were there. And here's the thing: when I 
when I did die and I came back, this being came to me again in this world and told me, say, I've been with you. I said, no, you haven't. And I said, well, prove it. He said, well, go to your photo albums and look at all the albums that you've been to, all these clubs that you went to, all these strip clubs, and all the things that you did in the military that all the military guys do. I was there. I say, you no, he wasn't. I say, okay. So I started reviewing reviewing mm-hmm. those. And in those pictures was this light, and I could not figure out what the world that light was. I, I went through my photo albums and right. I said, and it, and I saw it, and it's like here's this light. I said, and it said that's me, and I I kept flipping through it. That's me, and I say, oh my god. So I started going through all of them, and then I I showed my sister, and she's like, I don't know what that could be. And everybody else I showed it to, they say, who is that behind that? Uh, well, I want you to see who is behind this light. I want you to see what this is, this image. And they would say, uh, I don't know. So, and this thing was saying that was, it was, you know, that's me. So that confused me. And so now it's like, am I that creature? Am I that light? Because they said we are the children of light. And this body that we have that... You know, we no longer have it because it, it dies off and we move on uh, into the other world. So that's what I, I want to bring out to people, that this is not the end of us, what's going on. It's the beginning. When you look back at the time that you spent in this, uh, the other side, how has that experience changed your life when you came back on this side? Before, I, oh my God, I'm glad you asked that because now, before I didn't have that, that's this thought that we have now, uh, like I want to connect with people and tell them that there's something else in this world, there's something better. And I always kept quiet, uh, even though that I had problems back at home when I was young uh, in Louisiana, and I never told it to anybody uh, until after my near-death experience. And it started changing me, and not only changed me in the way of, you know, the physically, you know, but the mental knowledge that was in this digital, uh, like a mainframe, like a computer, I want to say like a computer, have all this knowledge. And you can grasp this knowledge, and you can pull it out and come to this world, and you start viewing future events, not only just the future events, but knowledge of like, like an inspiration. Most of people have these inspirations when they, uh, like, for instance, like, I have an idea. Right. Like this Elon Musk, it was the Elon Musk, like, he's Elon Musk, this, right. this marvelous car. Mm-hmm. And these marvelous inventions. It's like, how do these people think of these things? And it's just, and that was when I started inventing stuff out of nowhere. And one person said, well, how did you know about this? I said, well, I don't know. I just, I just knew. And I never started inventing stuff like this before. The, the knowledge just poured out of me. And now I don't want to give out my information because the people will steal it. And that's why I, should, I, I stopped giving out, uh, doing this invention. Sure. So I said, I'm just going to write this book. All right, J.R., you and I have to take our first break. Please stand by, Exonation. J.R. Freeman is our special guest. His website is www.jrfreemanauthor.com. And uh, JR and I will be back on the other side of this break as we continue to investigate his visit to the other side and how this visit has changed his life forever. 
We'll be back on the other side of this break. I'm Rob McConnell. This is The X-Zone, and we're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Welcome back. J.R. Freeman is my special guest. His website is www.jrfreemanauthor.com. And before we went uh, to the commercial break, we were talking to J.R. about his experience that he had during two near-death experiences and how this experience changed his life. Now, you were saying, J.R., that you've come up with several inventions and how, you know, what are you doing with these inventions? Are you developing them? Are you getting them out to the market? Are you, are they inventions that will help mankind? What kind of inventions are they? Well, the first one I had was uh, as a cleaning wipe for us, but mm-hmm. I gave my least amount of uh, the one that I really didn't care too much about just to get my feet wet. Sure. But the one I have, is, this is so, uh, it's so wonderful because even though it was tragic in my life to go through this, but mm-hmm. uh, but my military job, well, I was working as an aircraft mechanic as a hydraulic specialist. And here it is. I had a condition with hydrocephalus, exactly my job. So I'm like, I went through all these operations with these valves, and all of them seemed to not work, even the one I have with me right now. Uh, it, 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 it failed so many times, and, and I'm just having complications. I just deal with it. Oh, my gosh. And I, I have the invention to fix this, but I don't want to give it out to the, to the wrong person to actually, because I, I did it with the first one, and he took it, and other companies just started manufacturing it. And I don't have time to go around trying to chase everyone mm-hmm. down to try to get this out of their hands. And that's the thing, how it is. It's like a... Um, I'll take your, your knowledge, and I'll use it for myself. And that's what probably a lot of people who've got, gained this access to this because it's, it's, open, it's freely for everyone to obtain this information from this, uh, like, a, a source of consciousness. Mm-hmm. And these ideas and expressions come out, and that's why these guys are having so much difficulty with their inventions. And there are other people that are sabotaging their stuff. Uh, their their inventions so they can maintain the control of this. And that's why I think the government is trying to uh, down, dummy down people to, so they won't know, so they won't gain this knowledge. All right, let me ask you this. How has your experience, your two near-death experiences and the subsequent encounters that you've had since then, how have they affected your religious beliefs? 
Oh, my religious beliefs. At first, it was. I'm glad you said it because at first it was, you know, how the, the spiritual is constructed, mm-hmm. uh, the religions is constructed. Excuse me, and how they said we we are agreeing that there is one deity, there is one God, there is one of uh, uh, this one or Jesus Christ or this or some people would say in another religion is you know that there is this person is Yahshua or another one. Mm-hmm. But in this part is what I dissected with all this time, with 10 years after this, uh, was that it's a collective of we. It's not just one. And when, when it comes down to it, because I'm glad I got, I'm always on your show and I've, I've been listening to you and uh, with, with your interviews. And when people think of religion and think of a spiritual mm-hmm. and, and think of aliens, and think of other spe- uh, beings of, from other worlds. I think of it as an uh, intellect, as as far as uh, a knowledge, because it's like one of the same. Um, would it be? Sometimes I've had people here on the show who've ex- tried to explain it to me, and they use the expression from Star Trek: The New Generation, the Borg where everybody can understand and tap into each other's mind, and they work together as a collective. Yes. That's how these beings operate. That's basically how they all operate, as far as mm-hmm. how, how things go. And they have this dispute between each other. But when we go about the spiritual realm, with what they're talking about, the life and death of us, because I said that we don't die. Right. Uh, but the thing is that... It's a it's a pace that we're we're steady growing forward to, and we're evolving. And most people, like they say that they are awake now, and they don't understand why people don't see the things that they see and say, "I know this is not going the right way." Where, and they they could feel it, and say, "I don't I don't believe this anymore with the spiritual uh, the the religion. I'm more spiritual. I, I'm aware of things that I've been lied to all my life for something that that I know there's something else." than what I've been told. And it's, it's out there. The information is out there for, for people. Now it's really out there because it's, it's more information being disseminated and, and, and going out to more people. JR, would you say that we all have spirits that follow us or spirits that watch over us? Yes. Yes, we do. We have these type of, type of beings that, that watch over us, mm-hmm. uh, especially... Uh, this in my my first book when I wrote about uh, this is even before I had my operation. Like I said, we, uh, I had encounters with other other beings, and I was driving to California one day, and uh, I was very tired. And and this that voice, the same voice that I was telling you about, was talking to me and said, "I'll drive for you." I said, "What is this?" <laughs> and uh, and I say I'm I'm sleeping, and I, I didn't believe what was going on to well this voice that was talking to me. So I was like, I'm just tired. Uh, I know this is I'm just sleepy. I'm just hallucinating because I'm so tired. But after a while, I just gave in, and I was just so exhausted. And so I was driving, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden I woke up. I was in driving in Arizona, and I woke up in California, still driving the car. And that white light was inside inside of me, and I looked in the mirror, and I didn't see myself anymore. And that's when you said, "How do you feel when you came back?" Right. And it's a feeling like it's, I'm not. I'm disconnected. Uh, I'm not myself. I didn't know who that person was in 
in the rearview mirror. I was like, and I'm looking at it, and it's like, and I'm just looking. And it's like, what is that? And I couldn't figure out what it was. And I looked to my to my side. My my daughter was sitting, you know, sleeping, and I I couldn't figure out what that was and what it what it is. And it's like what what what? It, and I was like, who is controlling this? And I didn't control myself. I didn't know about myself. And it's like, who is controlling this car? Is it me or is it you? And that's when the the light came on and said, I'm almost out of gas. And that's the only reason why it woke me up, because the gas the gas meter was on E. And it was blinking, blinking, and, and uh, making noise. And I pulled over the gas station. I called my mother. And I said, Mom, I, I don't understand. And I, I explained it to her. It's like, what had happened? And she said, boy, you need, and she said in a southern accent, <laughs> you need to go to the church, boy. You need to go to church and stop. You need to stop praying to God. And I was like, oh, my God. And I said, you didn't understand. This, this is this is way above that. It's, it's something else that's inside of me. Right. Uh, and I, I just I couldn't figure out what it was. See, I've, and, got, I've got a theory, Jr. that the reason why people are going to spirituality or to other to other forms of religious belief is because Christianity and the established religious philosophies have not kept up with the times and if we're looking at what happened to you as this light this this spirit this angel that guided you, took over for you when you were so darn tired and prevented you from having an accident or falling asleep at the wheel. And if we were to put the, the events that happened to you like you have done in modern-day terminology, we can actually relate it to some of the Bible stories, like your guardian angel and so on. Does, does this ring true with you? Yes. Yes, it does. I'm, I'm glad you said that because uh, my, my father is a, is a minister. Mm-hmm. And all this time we would, you know, go to church and and I would pray. And I, and all this time of prayer, nothing would happen. Nothing would happen. I, I was wondering if I was praying wrong or what, am I, what, uh, what was I praying to. And the thing what came in our house is like this black smoke. And I was like, my dad's a minister. Why are we having all these problems? Yeah. What is going on? Why, why are we having those things in, in, in Louisiana? And, uh, and all my life is like, we're, we're not alone in the, on this planet. We're not alone. And most people think that we are. That's it. It's, it's not. There's more beings. It's, basically, this place is a zoo. And just we <laughs> are being examined by these beings. And actually, it's changing us. And they want to see our prog- progression. And all my experiences, and, and that's what I'm thinking, I say, did the military experiment on me, or did these beings make this happen to me? Because I don't even know what happened, why I started having this condition of uh, hydrocephalus. Most children are born with this. Right. Here I am, I'm like 30-some years old, with, mm-hmm. hydro, with how did you get hydrocephalus? And they asked me, what happened to you? I don't know. They said, I, maybe I got hit on the head, I don't know what happened. And then what was oddly about this, that the military doctor, one of the military doctors in, in the neurosurgeon in England told me, you're faking this. You're just making this up. I said, I'm not making this up. I don't want you to just drill in my head. This is sure. crazy. Why would I want you to do that? And uh, and ever since then, he, he just disappeared. This guy, just they took him away. I don't know what happened. 
uh, with him. I never saw him again after that. All right, JR, stand by, my good friend. You and I have to take our commercial break with the news at the bottom of the hour. Stand by. And ExoNation, my guest this hour is JR Freeman. His website is www.jrfreeman.com, and he's the author of The Other World and Beyond. And uh, we'll continue this fascinating conversation with JR on the other side of the news. I'm Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. Don't go away. J.R. Freeman is our guest, Exxon Nation. He's the author of The Wor- the Other World and Beyond. And his website is www.jrfreemanauthor.com. Um, what, what is the consensus of people that you've had the opportunity of talking to about your experience? Uh, do they believe you? Do they disbelieve you? Mostly the ones I've encountered... Mm-hmm. Do not believe me, but the ones who do connect, the ones that said they're they're awakened, they understand where I'm coming from because most of them, I checked with people who had near-death experience, and right. their information is similar to what I experienced. So obviously there's something tangible that I, I must say that we are not here to, to be just to live and die. There's, there's more to us than just that. Let me ask you this, uh, Jr. Why is it that some people can see these spirits or the light like you've seen and others can't? Well, I've seen them ever since I was born. I don't know how those people cannot see them hmm. or feel them around. I sense things with uh, these beings with my spiritual eyes. And mostly the frequency changes inside, inside in my area. And I can sense things around me. Uh, People can't see them because they don't search out and look for it. They run through their mundane life. It's like I eat, sleep, drink, and go to work, come back, pay my taxes, and do my things. And they're so content on this world, they become part of it. And I slipped into that a couple of times, and I had to pull myself back into reality where I really is supposed to be uh, at this point where I'm at right now, learning about more about this this. this these light, this light. In your opinion, based on your experiences, what messages do these spirits want to share with with us the, in the rest of the world through you, through your experience, through your heart? 
well, I know we have to become one people, mm-hmm. and that's what, what it's coming down to. And we're battling and fighting each other. It's not. It's never going to work that way. And just imagine if we're trying to search for another life. If we're trying to search for for other beings of of uh, from an, in a distant planet or something like that. If we cannot get along with each other each other here, how can we get along with people other other beings from another place or some or even after we pass on, how can we get along with someone else that's there? And the thing about what it brings out, this energy that's inside of me, mm-hmm. it helps people understand that there's there's something out there that's, that can help you. And through me, I can help other people. I've been doing it all, all this time ever since I came back. And they have problems in their life. Maybe they have, you know, they're, they're sick or something's wrong with their family. They, they can't seem to have a... Uh, somebody's on drugs, they can't have a, a good relationship with their husband or a good relationship with their wife, uh, someone has left them, I've helped them out. So it's, it's something that's inside of me that emanates to other people and gives them hope that, not, that things will never be the same. They always change. Can you share with us one of the, one of the situations that you were able to help with? Well, I can't tell the person's name. Oh, oh I understand that. Her, I, I understand that, and I respect that. Because that, that's a, you know, a confidentiality. Because sure. it was, I have to get their permission. Of course. But the person I, I, I've, I've spoken to, it was a woman who had somebody that was on drugs. Mm-hmm. Her daughter was on drugs, and she tried to get her off of it. And she went to, you know, she's a Hispanic, and she took her to the priest, she took her to the pastor, she took her to different places, took her to all these uh, different uh, establishments for them to try to change her. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I gave her instructions of what she needed to do. And I sent her the blessing salt, told her what she needed to do. She did it. And then she came back and she talked to my sister. She's like, what did JR did that nobody else could do for me? And he changed my daughter. She now she's going to school. She's she's got herself back together. She's off those drugs, and she's she's doing. She's getting her life together. And all this time, after ten years of her being in this in this problem, she just when I did that, it turned over. And she's like, and my mom was saying, "You bought his book. You know that book is fifty dollars. You know why would you buy that?" I said, "She said I had to, and I I didn't I didn't want to. I had to buy this book because I knew that Jr. wasn't lying." That I knew when I saw him, that he knew was I knew that he was going to help me, and I knew what if I whatever he had to do, whatever it needs to take, need to be done, it happened. This one person that was in the Philippines, the mm-hmm. same thing with him. He was not with drugs or anything, but he's a, a, a guy who had a, a hotel and he could not. Uh, he wanted to buy off his property, and nobody would sell it. And you can't buy a property over there unless you know somebody. And so I say, I really don't want to do this because I don't want to hurt anybody and get nobody. But they say, this man don't even live on that property. Nobody's on this property. You don't want to sell it. And so I say, since you helped me, I'm going to help you. And I did what I had to do for him. And he, the next thing you know, I come back two years later, he's on the property. He already got his hotel. Things of that nature. Uh, and I help lots of people like that. And I want to help more. All they have to do is call me or go to my website and, and, and call me, and, I, and we'll go through the process of what, and help them. This woman in England, the same thing with her. 
she's like, uh, this woman that she moved in my apartment, I could not get her out. She's just, she's eating up my food. She's doing all kind of, uh, she's just eating my food. She's doing all kind of stuff in my place, tearing mm-hmm. my place all up and, and I, I, leaving her shoes on the table. And, and I was like, oh, wow. why would you let this woman in? Mm-hmm. So what did what did you uh, how were you able to help her get that person out? Uh, she used the blessing salt that I put in. I took my spirit and I uh, can't really tell you the process, cause, but most people can do it. And I'll put it this way: things, objects contain certain amounts of energy. Right. And I took my energy and I placed it inside this salt, and I gave it to that person. And whatever they do with this salt, and what I tell them to do, the instructions that's is in my book, mm-hmm. what I, in my first book, and I told them to do that, and these things will help them, happen for them. They have don't have a job, I give them a job. They don't have a husband or they don't have a wife, I give them a husband and wife. This guy in the uh, in UAE, we was on the launch truck uh, while I was in the military before my death. He asked me the same thing. He's like, I want me uh, uh, a a woman. I said, well, what kind of woman you want? Why you can't get a woman? He said, I just can't. Now. <laughs> and he didn't want to say. And I was like, well, why you, what you mean you can't get a woman? He said, well, I, I, I want me a, a black woman. <laughs> so I just laughed. I was like, what? And because he's a Caucasian guy. Right. And here we are in UAE, uh, in the Middle East. Right. Uh, and, I was, <laughs> and I was like, okay. You, and I said, don't, I don't do these things for people unless, you know, they have done something out of kindness. And I know that they are having, you know, they, they did something for me, and I want to do this for you. So I did that for him. And next, the next day, and it, it happened so quickly for him, he, he was fabriclasted, fabriclasted, and said, oh, what's, what's going on? Who are you? And he jumped out the truck. We was on this lunch truck where I was telling you that right. we fixed the air, aircraft, and we all uh, workers on this truck. And if a plane breaks, we go out there and fix it. So we all sitting on this truck in the desert uh, waiting for the plane to take off. And he jumps out of the truck running in the desert. And I said, like, where is this guy running to? Get, <laughs> run him down. Go get his truck. Yeah. So he gets back on the truck. He said, what is wrong with you? And I was like, I was like he said, I, I, I'm, I, I, can't, I can't talk to you. And he was just stuttering. He stuttering. He just couldn't control himself. He was just so afraid. And that's why I said, like, I think I, I can't tell anybody about this so I, I kept quiet after that for years and that was in 1996 or something like that 97 and so it was way before my operation so i did not talk to anyone after this and i didn't help anybody until after my incident i'd like to ask you a question and, and i hope you don't take this the wrong way because there's no malice intended but why do you think you were chosen to do the work you're doing? I think it comes to a heart. When, when you have the heart, mm-hmm. to, and, it, and, it, and it just it chooses people. It chooses. And I've been chosen at birth. I right. didn't walk into this. It's like, I, I want to do this. And my mom wanted to place me in being a, a minister. I said, I don't want to do that. And I never did. I said, I don't want to be a minister. I don't want to do that. It's not my calling. And it's just, it's something, if, if I can give this to somebody else, please, you can have it, you know. And my, all my torment, all the pain that I went through, all my deaths and all this, you can have it, that person. If they, if they want to feel it, that's a blessing because it's more of a torment to me. And 
and uh, it hurts. I get depressed a lot, and uh, but I still go and I still help people and I'm still kind to, towards others. But the thing is, it, the kindness doesn't come back to me. It's not reciprocated. So it's like, ah. I'm sorry to hear that. I truly am. Stand by. We've got to take our final break. And when we come back, wrapping up this hour, we'll continue this conversation with our very special guest this hour, J.R. Freeman. His website is www.jrfreemanauthor.com. And he's the author of The Other World and Beyond, as well as other books. We're going to be talking to J.R. about his other books when we come back to this place that I call the X-Zone, Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern. And uh, J.R. and I return Interesting story. Interesting man. It's nice to know there are people out there who care enough to give, to help. This is what the world needs more of. Thank you for being with us, Jair. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. J.R. Freeman is my special guest this hour, Exonation. His website is www.jrfreemanauthor.com, and he's the author of The Other World and Beyond. And, um, an amazing story. An amazing story with the man who has helped many people in many situations in many places around the world. First of all, J.R., thank you so much for coming on the show. A great pleasure having you with us. And... I, I love the work that you're doing, and I appreciate the work that you're doing. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Oh, uh, this, it's, it's something that's inside of me that I really want to, uh, to do for people, and it's, I'm just a people person. And I just don't like people to suffer, no matter who you are. It, I, uh, I'll help anyone, you know, as far as if they believe they can be helped. I can help them. You know, I, I, you said okay. if, they, if they believe. I believe that belief is the strongest power in the universe and that when you believe, anything is possible. Yes, it is. I love it. <laughs> it's always done for me. Yeah. And, uh, oh, this, this light is just so wonderful. And, it's, and I want to bring it out to people to let them see. I, I've taken pictures of it. If they can go to the website and view the uh, the gallery, right. uh, I'm on Facebook too. What's and your What is your Facebook address? 
uh, it's the same thing as my books, the name of my books, The Other World and Beyond. Okay, so that's facebook.com forward slash other world and beyond, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. After all the work that you've done, after all the communications that you've had with spirits and the work that you do, would you say that our existence is already mapped out? Yes. Oh, we are being programmed just as well as the television. Hmm. Uh, as far as you saying being mapped out, I'm glad you said that because, yes, the things with my decision is my purpose is where I'm from, what I need to do, and where I need to go forward to. Each one of us has a purpose in life. And all we have to do is tap into that knowledge, what I said about about this information bank, a yeah. digital library, and we can gain knowledge to actually guide us through, through our life. But how do you get someone who does not have the ability right now to believe because of everything else that they've been taught and programmed, how do we deprogram them in order for them to, to understand what their purpose really is? Let go and forget and then in, in, install in like it's like a digital computer mm -hmm. when you uh, you delete even so some of that uh, information is still there it's where you open yourself up to actually grasp this information and say look I want to dig deeper into this and then you slowly digest the information that I've given and then relate it to other information uh, that you find you can google it or whatever you want to go to the library and read about it and you can start seeing things that start opening for you. I placed this in my, my first book, that power, and it's in the words. Like I said before, this energy that we can put in, just like I put the energy in the salt, mm -hmm. I put energy into this book, and it will open. It will open you up. If you're looking for it, it's there. When was the last time that you saw your spirit light? When the last time I saw it? Uh, last week, wow! I was dead, and it just flashed. It's like a flash and mm -hmm. a flash of light, and I know it's there. And I hear things in the house started, like the floors creaking. Uh, just the normal occurrences that I had in Louisiana, and I know something's there, and I can hear something—a presence that come. You know, when you feel that presence coming into the room, mm -hmm. like somebody walk, just walk in, you turn around, you look, and and you say, what are you coming in here for, you know? And you feel them come in. Uh, that's what I sense. Uh, because of their light, and they can bend the, bend the light around them, you cannot see them. That's, and that's why I said you, you need a, to take a lot of pictures to actually to catch the images of this. And if they want to, I can go visit them, and then they can just take pictures and see for themselves with their own camera, uh, this spirit or whatever you want to call it, white light. White light. Yeah. Now you and I were talking you were you and I were talking during the commercial break about the other the other books you've written and what uh, explain to our listeners how you came how you came to writing all the books you've done. I found that very interesting. How I came oh when I came through uh, I was I was wheelchair bound. I could not walk. Mm -hmm. uh, my whole body went into atrophy as being in a coma, uh, being comatose. So I, they shipped me, 
sent me to my mother's home so where I can actually, you know, go to physical therapy and then try to bend my legs and get me back walking again. So I'm laying in the bed, lying in the bed, and uh, and I can walk just a little, barely, just a little bit. And so my mom had a minister come to the house, and, I, and as soon as he walked through the door, well, my door, that, like I said, something came inside. And I was like, okay, she's showing me off again. So that's when it, it, that the spirit came through, well, you want to say, I say spirit, white light, whatever it may mm-hmm. be, came in my room and started to get up. And that's when it took me through a whole process. And then finally when it, it, it told me at the end, it said, and I say, who are you? He said, and that's what I said, when you, I met you before and I've been with you. And he said, well, what you want from me? He's like, I want you to write this book. And I said, what book? He said, remember that book that you were trying to write in 1992? You didn't know what you want to write or how to even start writing? I said, yes, I don't, I don't like to write. And he said, well, I'm going to show you what to write. And so I started writing. He said, start with your life. And I started starting with the right, and then I started adding stuff into So I started writing about this man's going to become president, and then the second in charge, and the, Gabby Giffords uh, uh, getting shot in the head and instantly healed. And then, on, then the second in command, which is Donald Trump, was going to take this a whole new spin on, on what's going on right now. All the stuff that's happening, all these natural disasters, here I am writing this stuff in the bed. Wow. And, and I didn't even know what was going on. I wrote, I was writing seven, I thought it was seven chapters, but it came out to be seven books. I didn't sleep at all. I was writing day and night. And, uh, and I didn't have the money to, to publish all seven at one time, so I had to do each one uh, you know, once a year until I get them out. Uh, but it, it's just amazing if they ever get a chance to read those. Now, where are your books available? Where can our listeners find them? They can get them on my website, or they can get them at Barnes & Noble uh, or Amazon. You can go to my website, and I can send you a copy, a uh, uh, signature one, right. uh, at com, And also have my phone number on there if they want to talk and talk about their life or whatever, and, uh, and if I can see if I can help them. So it, it is a perilous time right now that we people yeah. need help. There's so much false help out there, so much false people that actually take their money and, and just, here you are. Oh, I, I agree with you 100%. The Internet is full of those people who claim to do a lot, but in reality, they're nothing else but scammers, and they just want your money. Yeah, I'm not like that. Uh, just give me a shot. Just give me a try. And if you don't believe me, just buy me a cup of coffee, just, and I'll, <laughs> I'll, we'll go just talk over it. Listen, uh, what are your final thoughts for the list? What, what, what's your message that you would like to give from your heart right now to all the people who are listening to you around the world on the Exxon? If you have anything that, that needs help, give me a shot. As far as it could be, just whatever that's bugging you, whatever is, is a problem you have problems with today, there is a solution. I've, I'm here to help you. Not somebody else is going to try to take from you. I'm here to give to you, not to take. You're a good man, Jr. You're a good man. I try to be as much as I can, sir. And it comes across. I can hear it in your voice. I can certainly hear it. What's next for you? What are you going to be doing next? You've got uh, seven books. What's next? Uh, profits for profits. 
how to ma manipulate objects and how to manipulate matter. Now that's going to be a very interesting book. When is it coming out? After I finish these books, so maybe like after 2024, after our first, oh, I forgot about that. It's 2024, we having a major event. 2036, we having another major event. And each six years, which is in my, my first book, which I wrote, we having a major event that's going to happen. And that's the reason why I want to help people. I'm glad you said that this, Rob. I'm really glad you said that, because that brings a lot of my heart. JR, I, wa I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for all our listeners tonight for joining us. And we look forward to the next time that, that you come back here in the Exxon and share some more of yourself and your stories. And maybe you can tell us what's going to be happening in 2024 and every six years after. Okay. That'd be great. Take care, my good friend. Thank you so much Me for too. joining us. And uh, be well and thank you for all you do. Bye-bye now, JR. Exonation, JR Freeman has been our guest this hour. www.jrfreemanauthor.com. You know, I've been doing this show 28 years. And I can tell when somebody is, is talking from the heart. And I'll tell you something right now, Exonation. The man that you listened to this hour was talking from his heart. People like that are very rare in this world of ours. Visit his website, www.jrfreemanauthor.com. I'll be back on the other side of this break with the news at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour. Don't go away. I'm Rob McConnell. This is The X Zone. <laughs>